Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. Alright everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot. Yo, yo. And Johnson. We won one this week, Guido. Listen, I mean, I can't complain. It happened. I guess it happened, right? There was a win uh, on senior day. That's awesome. Like WVU, at least for the seniors that will leave or will be leaving, uh, pulled one out there. 70-64 to 64 over TCU. Of course, Prior earlier in the week, we played Oklahoma, and that was not great. Would you say? Uh, considering at one point we had not scored for eight minutes and were zero for fourteen, uh, no, Scoot, it was not a great showing. Now, listen, by all accounts, we are not the offensive juggernaut this year, but even for us, this was an impressive show of badness. I'll leave it at that. Well, what's what's more frustrating is the cast of characters that we lost to. Yeah, right. It's what did I what did I, it's like Keep uh, in mind you said it was like the cast of slapstick, I is, think or yeah. slapshot. Slapshot. Slap slap yeah. Like you've got a guy that kind of looks like Jackie Moon and Paul Bunyan, like <laughs> right. and a guy that has long hair but doesn't tie it back or something uh, Lou like diamond phillips yeah I like think what is, is going on and i feel like oklahoma always has those types of guys and guido it was uh you know at least there wasn't a lot of people in the home crowd at oklahoma to be subject to that i mean it looked like right. there were a couple dozen fans in attendance for them so and i guess the the only thing i want to say about that is is that yet again we play a conference team at their home Oklahoma had 7,259 people at that game. And that feels like, generous. I feel like that's an inflated number. Yeah. That's That feels inflated. That feels like, see, you know when they talk about in baseball, like season ticket holders? I feel like there's some season ticket holders in there. Yeah. So, And then WVU uh, goes and uh, comes home for senior day, 12,000 people in the Coliseum. Yeah. So, again, you know, WVU uh, struggling. People are still showing up, guys. People are still watching. We're still watching this. Here's my problem with all of this. We keep getting the, we're going to do something different. We're going to do something different. Yet we don't do anything different ever. It's the same. Well, let's talk about that, Scoo, because after this Oklahoma game, uh, Caridi, which I feel like Guido Tony needs like some kind of medal to put on his chest after this season because he has to go through these post games. Oh man, that's that's a rough conversation every post game. Scoot in this post game, Hug says like next year we're gonna see two to four freshmen see Taz Sherman like minutes. Like he's kind of setting the stage, if you remember that quote from earlier in the week. And then he says he needs to do something so he doesn't lose credibility. And so a guy or two won't be suited up when we play again. Uh and then we come home and play TCU and I think we essentially played all Everybody. the same people we normally do, right? right. We didn't do anything different. The only I thing feel. I noticed different, maybe different, was Diamond Kerrigan played one minute, I think is what he got credit for. Yeah. So is he the guy then? Is that we're supposed <laughs> to assume that that's the bad guy of all of this? I don't know. He he made a brief appearance, but otherwise, you know, you saw the normal rotation. You saw Paul. You saw Polycap getting a lot of minutes. Curry. Well, and then um, Seth Wilson did not play. True. Which is also weird, right? Yeah, and Kobe only got a few minutes as well. So we're going to talk up these guys 
and then we're not going to play them. Yeah, it's odd. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, I feel like we've, <laughs> we've I, I just, and I don't know, because it's so hard. We're at the end of the season. You've got, you know, all of these issues or whatever it might be. You had Huggins in the week multiple times this week. You had him in post games. You had him in his little Huggins show and the presses. He was like, Next year, it's going to be all freshmen. I've talked to the four freshmen, the freshmen or the five freshmen. They're all in for next year. They're all in for next year. So it's just like, was he, is he, is he playing out, you know? And there's still one game left. We haven't even talked about that yet. Like, I mean, is he just playing this out? Like, is he just, is Huggins done with this team? So he's not even, as a coach, he's not even trying, I guess. Well, and you said the, the little Huggins show, Scoot. What, what if that was like a, hey, man? <laughs> You call you call me cute. <laughs> little, it's a little hug show. No, what I was gonna say though is he specifically met with the freshmen, yeah, before the TCU game. And if you recall, Guido, that we read like it was all over Twitter. There was this whole anecdote about he took the freshmen, took them to shoot around, told the non fresh, so told the rest of the team, hey, you guys stay here and watch the tape and figure it out. And he took the freshman out to shoot around. And so to me, I came into the TCU game like maybe he's finally going to put his foot down and really, you know, we might see some James Aconquo or, like, you know, I don't know, just like completely uh, start start freshman. But he really he really didn't. I, I don't feel like he did any of that. Are really. we to assume then they must have figured it out on their own and he's not needed as a coach? Well, he did say right? that they responded, though. He he said that he felt like they they responded to that and they played a lot better. He like he went through after the TCU game. It was a much different. It was a much different feeling. It was a much different soundbite from Hugs. He was saying, you know, on ball pressure was a lot better. He felt defensive intensity was a lot better. Rebounding. He he kind of left Tony that in that post game saying, well, they responded. Now, you know, is some of that that. Jamie Dixon has never won in the Coliseum, which is still kind of funny. And, you know, they just managed to beat a TCU team or did they, how much of that did they really figure out? I don't know. And what do you guys read into the, the Jalen Bridges comments after the game where he had said that Jalen is probably his, uh, he's the most versatile player they've got on the team. You can put him anywhere and that uh, he may go down as one of his favorite players of all time comment it was kind of a that's paraphrasing but um kind of interesting i wonder i mean maybe we read too much into this because we're looking for something to grasp to like is it him is he trying to convince jalen to stay is he trying to tell jalen he appreciates his effort and he knows he's had kind of a rough season on the court and kind of off the court i mean i, I don't know or maybe i'm just like I said, trying to grasp for something to... No, I mean, I think it felt notable because it was really specific. I mean, he... So that was during that post game after TCU. He's kind of making some general comments. Then he spends a good, like, two minutes just specifically talking about JB. It felt really specific. And not to be salty, but JB finished... He has a good game, right? He finishes with 10 points. I think he had five boards, but I think he had eight and five at the half. And then he just kind of faded in the second half. It felt like, I don't know, I, I kind of agree with you. It felt like Hugs was taking a second to really give him some specific praise. And I think, you know, if you've been listening to our show for a couple weeks now, we were speculating that maybe there was some not so great environment there around JB. Well, and so that's, I guess, my question, Scoot. Like, does Hugs look at this and say, you know, I've got to, I've got to, 
I can't have a freshman team be all freshmen next year. I have to have a leader to build this team around. And so now is he saying, okay, well, I'm losing all of this. These people are probably going to go. I, I have a feeling he's thinking other people might leave. Is he trying to pump JB a little bit so maybe JB stays on as the leader on next year's team? Or, or Devil's Advocate says, is he saying this stuff so that when JB leaves – Hey, that's on JB. He knew I loved him. He knew I wanted him to stay. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting too. Yeah, I guess that's, that's that's a possibility as as well. So WVU does though finally snap their seven game losing streak, and they finish fifteen and sixteen. I will, guys, admit I was wrong. I know going into conference play back in December we were talking, and I was like, oh, they've got eight wins, nine wins in this conference season, and both of you thought I was. Uh, yeah, cuckoo. not very. Yeah, a little, little off the rails, and uh, yeah, you guys were right. I mean, <laughs> we you, you were no going down the list. That. You gave us a whole nice list of all the wins. I, picked, I know, all like Texas the Tech. Wins. We were going to be Texas Tech every time. I think in my book, I don't think that happened. Uh, so. Yeah, it was a it was a rough go at it. So now WVU goes on. They essentially now play in. I guess it's what the conference play in game is that what you would call it? Yeah, I mean they're calling it the first round, quote unquote. But if you look at the bracket, it's like who gets to play Kansas? So it feels very much like a play in game. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so we play K State on uh, March 9th, Wednesday, March 9th, seven. PM. Scoot, you haven't seen enough Purple Kansas yet, have you? Oh. You need one more game with Purple Kansas. The Screaming Seagull. <laughs> right? That's I mean, I think of. it's, yeah, right? That's kind of, kind of apropos what's, for the what's season. What's a concern, I guess could be a concern, not that this matters much for this team. Uh, it will be essentially kind of a home game because it's in Kansas City. So it'll be uh, more like a home game for Kansas State than it will be for us because obviously nothing is close to us <laughs> right, yes. in this godforsaken <laughs> conference um of course i mean unless you're talking about iowa state which is our natural rival of course right um, yes natural rival yes right yeah so that'll be it'll be interesting to see how it goes with with that game i don't know i guess the good thing is, is of of the four conference wins that we have this year guys kansas state is one of yeah. them so that i mean was, there is a record now was that get the game on when, the sunshiny view of this train yeah, come, I mean, on, come on Scoot, that was on the here. game where they had uh the guy that mops the floor as the assistant coach <laughs> and yes. they brought in the cowboy uh, was four, like, four managers was, I, think, <laughs> I mean maybe kansas state will only show up with eight players yeah. like they did yeah. come when on they came to Morgantown. four managers <laughs> and the guy that was on the inter uh, intramural champion team they took one of their players yeah, yeah. And brought him and said hey you get to jersey you get to play tonight. and that game was still pretty close i feel like yeah the final score of that game was 71 68 so kansas <laughs> no. state only had eight players and yeah they that actually feels bad that feels i know terrible. you guys are betting guys yeah right you guys like to like to lay down the cash on the teams yeah Okay. Uh, I heard today that I think it's 13,000 to one odds that uh, WVU wins the Big 12 tournament. Oh, okay. So okay. this would so be the time. There's a chance. This would be the this time, would be the so time to lay down some cash. I don't think I will. I mean, so that's WVU's route into the NCAA tournament if they ran all the way through that the That would the be Big so 12. on brand for us, though, I feel like. To get to the championship game and then lose by, like, two points, that'd be really on brand for us. That would be on brand. I mean, you'd probably, if they could do that, they probably would get an at-large, but 
That's that would be kind of ridiculous at this point. So WVU, yeah, like we said, plays Kansas State in the I'm going to call it the playing game. I don't care if they call it round one. I feel like that's apropos. Yes, uh, they play Wednesday the ninth uh, at uh, seven p.m. That game is on ESPNU. It's on the U guys. Oh, okay. Um, so we can check that out. Other other basketball news, I guess, to talk about is uh, both Taz Sherman. And Sean McNeil are mentioned in the Big 12 teams. Taz is second team all Big 12. Sean McNeil gets an honorable mention yeah, for Big 12. He does. Um, kind of surprised, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, I know he had some good games. Kind of surprised Sean got that. That was kudos to him. Uh, Taz, I thought, had a shot at maybe being first team, but, you know, was, I think as rough as West Virginia played this year, I think that's kind of what hurt him on that. Um, so congratulations, though, to the to the both of them, Scoot. Yeah, uh, I would have thought Taz might have with what was he the second leading scorer in the Big Twelve? That's so what I, I thought was he getting had a ready. Yeah, legitimate right. shot at being a first team player, but I think this is a situation where the team's record truly hurt, which for all. For some strange reason, it didn't help Kevin Jones back in the day, but we won't go there. <laughs> we are still salty about that. I am very salty about that, but but um, yeah, Taz, Taz, he had some ups and downs. I think uh, injury wise, I think he was out there. He missed a couple games with the concussion, so uh, and the team faded down the stretch. Had had we stayed like we did in the non conference, he's a guaranteed first team all conference yeah i mean you know i agree with you the I mcneil think, thing is bizarre the mcneil thing is to me is bizarre i mean I, the, I think it's based on his history yeah well especially because sean had a note like in the uh in the before conference schedule sean was torching it i mean he had a really strong points per game I think as soon as we got into the meat of the conference schedule though his his points per game i think someone noted uh, maybe before to the tcu game he was under 10 points per game by that point. So I'm kind of surprised by that too, just because it, it faded down the stretch, but still good for him. I mean, that's that yeah, in his history probably is playing in skewed. I have a feeling that that would make sense to me too. Yeah. So uh, other things to talk about, I guess, as, as it relates to the WVU basketball program, uh, the non-conference schedule guys came out for next season. And uh, you know, I think the most, the highlighted thing, the thing that I'm most excited about is we're playing in that, that big Phil Knight tournament, yeah. uh, which we're is excited over- now. Let's see what we've got. Right. On the, let's see what we've got on the roster. Yes, I mean, yeah, I so, agree. No, but you know what? It's. I think it's. It's. Uh, I. It'll be nice to be in a ver- in a good Thanksgiving tournament again. I think that's more of what I'm excited. Yeah. about. you know, you know, you've got what is there? There's. Uh, you're gonna get Duke with a new coach in that. You're gonna get uh, Florida. I think Georgia's in there. Uh, Oregon State. So you know, you get a, a some teams that at least are back to our level that we want to be in. Of course, we play our pit game. Anything else in that non-conference that jumps out to you? I mean, we have that Big East battle, but no teams have been announced yet. Uh, And we play Penn. I mean, I guess, you know, that's kind of a regional rivalry. Well, speaking of that, though, I think someone noted that's the first time perhaps – I don't think it's ever, but there's some huge span of time since we've played an Ivy League school. So that is kind of notable that it's on there. It's kind of an odd, kind of an oddball. You don't see that often for us. Maybe so. the most notable thing about all of this was once again, West Virginia is the first school in the country 
yeah, to right. put out their non-conference schedule. <laughs> right. Which is like, is that a thing? Like, I mean, are, I, I would say normally they're trying to like build ticket sales off of the heat from uh, this season, but I don't think that's the case. Um, so I don't know. Are Maybe they trying to get just... out and say that, hey, we're going to have a team next year? Yeah, we'll at least be playing next well, year. We're going to we're gonna have a team, so we're going to put the schedule out. I mean, it's crazy. You know, it's, it's just one of those things where it's it's like, okay, well, how are we supposed to get excited about next season when we've already had to live through this season and we still have one more game yeah, to lose? you're going to have to hope there's some guys on the roster to go up against these high-powered teams in these tournaments because it makes me nervous right off the bat honestly right uh guys some exciting news for wvu there's a new mountaineer next season john yeah that's right um mary roush i think is her name she's the 68th mountaineer mascot i think she's the third female mountaineer uh mascot so it's really cool she um was announced during the tcu game so someone noted i think i had uh, bookmarked it i think it's um the smoking musket account noted that the last time scoot we had a female mountaineer the football team went nine and three and the basketball team went to the final four so i mean hey i'll take whatever i'm looking for anything at this point right so like i'll take it that's that's pretty cool i mean it it can't hurt right 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 i mean it gets right. I mean, I like, I like, hey, thanks to Smoky Musket and whoever found that out there, Miller, whoever those, or, uh, or Jake or whoever found that out. It's a good stat. It makes me feel good. Like, Scoot, it's a good stat. It's a feel good stat. It's a feel good stat. I mean, you know how Scoot loves numbers. I do. I like to crunch the numbers. I see you giving me the poker face. You can get, you can get behind that stat. That's a stat you can get behind. That's right. And Guido, we can't leave the all conference honors without noting that Gabe was named the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, which is pretty cool, and he was named to the Big 12 All-Defensive Team. And can I, yeah, right, and can I, like, I feel like he maybe should have been honorable mention instead of Sean McNeil, but, I mean, Gabe's had a really strong season. I will say Gabe has stepped up here. I feel like Gabe has stepped up here, you know, where nobody else was filling the void. I mean, we necessarily want Gabe scoring, but... He's done what he needed to well, do. Well, but it is funny that he he did up his scoring. I don't think anyone would expect him to be scoring at 17, 19 points a game like he had for a few games. Well, it would be an interesting let, – let's do something real quick. We haven't talked about doing this, so this will, I like throwing you guys. You're throwing a curveball. I like to throw – okay. Uh, it scares me when you do this. Here we go. <laughs> so we've got um, several fifth-year seniors or guys that came back for a year when they could have left. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's go through them real quick and say whether or not they help their their stock or they hurt their stock. Well, can I mention one other thing before we sure. do? So, okay, yeah. that sounds good. So, I I right. put out a poll on Twitter uh, about asking people about the number of returners next season from this basketball roster, which is what we talked about last show. And yeah. Scoot, an overwhelming number of the tidal wave of 16 people that responded. That's a flood. A flood of responses. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of people. I'm going to pause there for dramatic effect. They agreed with my <laughs> estimate of four or less returning from this roster. So now with that context in mind, because I had said four, I think you said five. Guido, the ever optimist, said six. Um, overwhelmingly, this obviously large sample size of 16 respondents to my Twitter poll agreed with me. So there um, you have it. Are we allowed to count the 13 family members that you had vote? 
Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I mean, did you log in with different accounts, Johnson, and vote for it? Is that, <laughs> you, is that what it was? Got some sort of bot that <laughs> used my other Twitter tweet. account. Yeah, yes. yeah. He he had a bot that did four extra votes <laughs> on there. So, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Interesting. So let's look at these fifty okay, so seniors. Let's go. I'm, so, I'm with you. Um, I'll start. Uh, well, with... seven. I think it was seven total people that were honored and walked. Right. So we'll go unquote, through each right? of those is guys. That, so is that what you want to do? You want to yeah. go through these? Okay. Um, so we'll look at, uh, Kedrian Johnson. Yeah. Has he hurt himself or helped himself by playing this? I I definitely think he's helped himself. Like I, I think that he's definitely helped himself. You saw him on the court more than you did last year. You saw him play more. There were flash. I will. There were flashes of good play. There were problems, but there were. There was a lot of good play in there, I think. Yeah, I think he helped himself, Scoot, just for the fact that he obviously put the work in for them to start him. And in these games where he was out with like a hand or a hip pointer, they talked openly about how they missed his defense. So I, I feel like he helped himself. I'm going to say he's helped himself. Now, hope I, I don't know that he's helped himself. He, he's probably helped himself into another year, to be honest with you. Um because he did tease. Well, he put out a tweet. Yeah. He put out a tweet, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, whether or not he should come back. He asked a Mountaineer tease. Nation. A, a tease. tease. A tease. Yeah. A tease. A tease. What do I do? A Twitter tease. A tease. A tweeze. Um, and so I think he helped himself. Uh, how about uh, Polly Polycap? I mean, see, that's hard for me because I don't know what he did at DePaul. I don't know what he did at Manhattan. I mean, I think in Manhattan he was – and this is my problem. Like, you come from Manhattan, you play great, you go to DePaul. I think, you know, DePaul, which used to be a powerhouse or better a better program. Back in I the 1950s, they yes, they were a power. Yes. <laughs> and, and I think he played probably pretty good at those two places. He comes to WVU, you're in a power five. I, I don't – I mean, I think he would have been better suited to stay at a place like DePaul. Yeah, I, I think he helped himself, Scoot, because – he was active. He got a ton of minutes. He got a lot of exposure. He wasn't like, you know, whether you feel like he did a bang up job or not, he wasn't stashed away on the bench. He played a ton. And now I know he cooks food that I can order. So, I mean, I feel like he helped himself. Well, so I guess there's two ways to look at it, right? Did he help himself to play professionally somewhere or did he help himself with um, becoming kind of a fan favorite or maybe making himself more known to people? So in that sense, I think he did help himself, right? Because he was kind of a, an obscure or an unknown quantity at DePaul, other than the fact that his name sounds right. like the school. Right, <laughs> right. And it's bizarre that that's what his parents decided to name him. Also, I think he's hurt himself as far as like playing professionally. Let's say at the next level. He averaged, I think, 9.9 .9 points a game or 9.8 points a game or something at DePaul. He's way below that at WVU. I mean, there was a lot of games where I don't think he scored. So as far as playing professionally, I don't know that he's helped himself. So I'm going to say hurt overall. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Moving on. How about uh, Diamond Kerrigan? I mean, again, <laughs> I think you said it best. Playing one minute in the last game of the season as a senior – probably not such a great thing right so i'm gonna say probably did not help himself yeah i i'm gonna tend to say the same thing scoot just because he didn't really get a whole lot of exposure he didn't play a ton of minutes throughout these games and i think had he stayed at the either at 
why am I having a brain lapse? He was Florida, he was at Florida International. International. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I think had he stayed there or a school like that, he probably gets more minutes, more exposure, and I think he helps himself more. So if I have to pick help or hurt, I'm going to say he probably hurt himself a little bit. I agree. Um, early in the in the non conference season, even before the season started, I was probably the highest. On him yeah, you of were. the three transfers because of his in. blocking ability, which I got excited about. Yeah, you were because yeah, because of his blocking ability, because he um, he kind of had a high profile in high school, and you know I didn't know maybe it was grades that led him down the path he went down, or perhaps it's uh, the just the path he travels on. But I, I don't mean, know. But he showed some flashes of that in certain games this year. It just didn't come to fruition like a consistent thing. Right, and I thought maybe, to be honest with you, and of course it's hard to compare players. It's not hard, I guess. It's easy to compare players. But in my mind, I thought maybe he could be – because in the beginning of the season, I didn't know what we were going to be. I didn't know if we were going to try to go back to a press Virginia. I thought maybe he could be like that Jonathan Holton type. right. Uh, He was not. Well, what about – so what about like a Malik Curry? Yeah, I mean, I I think Malik – uh, did a great job and helped himself a lot. And I think Malik has, Malik has probably set himself up to have some sort of halfway decent foreign professional career after the season because there were times where he was the starter, he was making things happen on a team that had nobody making things happen except for Taz Sherman. So I think all those things, when you start to look at it at, in the eyes of somebody who is looking to you know bring in a player internationally, I think he fits the bill in a lot of Yeah, that. I'm going to agree with Guido for a lot of the same things. I mean, I think he showed in a lot of these games, even games where we were kind of out of it, his scoring and ability to create kept us in it. And I think over the course, Hugs even had some post-game quotes. I think after, uh, what was it, Iowa State that we unfortunately gave away late, he had the quote like, hey, we can't keep just – assuming that Malik's going to carry us, you know? So I think he got a lot of exposure that he, he could create and score against some top-notch defenses. So I think he, he helped himself. I think he helped himself too. I think um, the first half of the season, though, he did struggle with trying to figure out what his role was going to be. Uh, I think at times he pressed because he did kind of come in. He, yeah. He averaged like 16 a game at Old Dominion. So he kind of came in as the guy from his previous school. And then when you try to mesh with a bunch of – with well, with – two other guys that kind of play the same spot as you yeah. in Taz right. and Sean, he's trying to figure out where am I going to get my shots? Yeah. You know, how am I going to score? So I think there was some struggle there early on. Um, I do think he helped himself though, because there were times where uh, I forget which game it was, but Huggins said, who else? Yeah. Like who else would we want to have yeah. the ball in that last right. shot? We, he was so hot in that game. So we had yeah. to give it to him. And that's saying something right. when you've got, shooters like Taz and Sean McNeil on your team. So I'd say he helped. So speaking of, which one of those two do you want to talk about? Uh, let's go with Taz. Taz was the one that was probably the 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 most, um, I don't want to say, what's drawn out or, or the most, uh, either most anticipated or or whatever when it came to the decisions of whether or not he was going to return. Yeah. I mean, I, I think without a doubt, Taz helped himself. I mean, he had a great season. He should have been for, we just said this, he should have been first team all big 12, uh, you know, led or was second in scoring. At one point he was almost leading the nation in scoring during the non-conference uh, part, part of the season. So I think there's a lot of things that, you know, helped him, especially last year. I mean, and don't get me wrong. I think if Deuce had come back 
if we hadn't lost, you know, all the ifs. DC came back. We hadn't lost Oscar. Deuce, Deuce was there. And he would have gone back to being a sixth man or a role player. It would have been a different story. I think coming back, being the leader, being the number one on this team, without a doubt, was the right decision for him to make. Yeah, I agree. He goes over a thousand points. Um, he shows that he can be a leading scorer and more than just a sixth man, which, like Guido said, he had been in the in the past. So I, I'm I'm also going to say he definitely helped him. So, well, you guys are are good NBA evaluators of talent. <laughs> yes, yes, we definitely um, to be. NBA or Europe for Taz. Will he maybe? I mean, with the way that the G League has been going, will he maybe sign a G League deal? I think he's got a shot at it. I think he. I think his career long term will probably be more, uh, you know, Europe or, or you know, the same thing that John's done, the same thing that that Deshaun's done, you know, that that sort of trajectory. Yeah, I'm gonna say Europe, um, just because I think if you like, I lumped Taz in with, um. I don't know. I, was, I think Guido, did you say Jay Sean? You know, some of those guys that I Tariq feel like, Phillip. yeah, their scores. Yeah. Tariq's one of my all time faves. Daxter. You know, they, they could score. They were athletic. They could get open. They could create. I think the G League's really weird. Like uh, when Jawan Staten didn't get picked up for a, a longer term on the G League, I thought that was odd. So sometimes I think it's actually very difficult for guys to catch on and get traction it's, there. I, the NBA is tough to like really Deuce figure out. What... Going, Deuce does this like game on, game off weird thing with the Knicks now. I mean, which is odd to me. I don't know how he could possibly play better. With and Westchester, not... he has to be averaging like 39 yeah, points it's a so game. Weird. Every so weird. Every time you turn around, it's like 39 points. So it's points. not just – Taz, I just think for me it'd be easier for him to go have a, a like a really a really good European career. So that I would say Europe. Yeah, I'm going to say Europe. I think he helped himself because he was a sixth man and and to show that he can start and and lead a team scoring wise. I think there's a lot of things in his game though that he's got to fine tune if you were to really even think about playing in the NBA. Some of that is his defense. Some of that is he to me gets he's prone to turnovers. Like there was a stretch there where he was right coughing up the ball like five times a game. What about uh, what about Sean Guida? Yeah, I mean, you know, certainly saving the biggest one for last here, guys. Uh, I feel I feel bad for Sean. I think Sean expected to have a really amazing season, and I think that. Uh, and it, listen, you know, you, I hate this at the, and you'll probably see it this year. I don't know if there's anybody maybe on this team that would do this, but you know, the, he put out that tweet last year of him and the NBA logo and I'm evaluating my options. And we all kind of were like, really? Like you're, you know, maybe you need another season. And I think probably all the evaluators said, Hey, you need another season. And then he came back and he, just it wasn't the Sean McNeil that we saw last season when it came to shooting. I think that if all things being equal, he probably should have last year tried to go professional off of the steam that he had from you know last season as you know this sort of role player who came in um, and shot the lights out at times. And he probably could have had, and he probably still will have. I mean, I don't know, guys. Like he probably still will have a good professional career. I just think he might have set himself up a little better if he had gone last year and not come back for a senior year. Yeah, so you're saying hurt. Yeah, I think he hurt. Yeah, I I agree because I think Sean is miserable. Like, if you just watch Sean in these last half dozen games to finish out the year, I mean, obviously we don't know. We're not there, but just his body language and the way he is playing during these games, he just looks miserable. Like, 
and I, I agree. I think probably he would he I feel like he would think, yeah, I probably should have just went ahead and made a move last year when when I was a hot when I was a hot commodity. I think obviously the talent is still there and I think you guys brought up something last show that caught my attention that I actually wonder now and and I I think you guys had a great idea like it's intriguing to think he could actually go to another school try to get the train rolling again with a hot season and then decide to do something. He actually doesn't have to he can technically come back. Um Yeah, he has another uh, a more eligible. But I think games. he hurt himself too, Scoot. I think he hurt himself for sure. Um I I do like that idea and I do think he's a I think he's a power 5 player. Um defensively he struggles. He's not an NBA guy. I don't think he ever really was an NBA guy. Like I I still kind of base some of the stuff off of my my evaluations off of previous WVU players who I thought were bona fide NBA players and they can't even like they can't stick. So um, I don't think he's an NBA guy. I think he could be like another Chinese Jimmer Fredette. I think right. he could like be a big time scorer in a you know in a league that kind of caters to a spot shooter. Um, I think he could be amazing in, in that kind of setup. So I do think he hurt himself. I think though that if he went to another school, that could be an interesting thing where he could kind of, like you said, maybe rekindle some of that yeah. uh, shoot, mojo. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I said last week, go to a mid major, shoot the lights out. Maybe it might look better. I don't know. We've got, we've got one last guy. We've got one last guy, Gabe Osaboyan. I mean, I think with th- this one's easy for me. Like I think without a doubt it was per- perfect for him to come back. So helpful for him to come back. I think he actually probably built himself a better chance at having a professional career by coming back and doing some of the things he did this season. Yeah, come on, Scoot. Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, Big 12 All-Defensive Team, uh, luxury tracksuit brand, luxury T-shirts. <laughs> come on. Lodi G. Lodi G. Lodi G. That's a help. Um, For sure. NBA G slash G League or Europe? Uh, well, I don't think he's NBA. Like I don't, And I think – I hope he's – Whoever is going to represent him will help him understand that he's better off going to Europe probably and trying to to make and become a star there. Well, I mean, I, I don't know, but can't you see a guy like Gabe latching on to a team and fans at whatever that team is also getting behind him like they did in the Coliseum? I, I can totally see that. So I would say Europe just because I can see him – latching on with a team, people loving his, you know, workmanlike approach to the game and right. then and then him becoming a fan favorite. I agree. Uh he helped himself. Uh it's still kind of weird that a guy that came off the bench for most of the season helped himself to a potential pro career that probably wasn't there prior to this year. I mean I, I don't think yeah, I agree with you. I mean I think that's kind of odd, he w- right? He was looking good last year and then he really I mean the charges were the thing last year. That was like the only thing, you know? But I remember Johnson and I went to a game the first game he played in for WVU, we watched him play and it was like, man, I didn't think he was gonna make it up and down the court more than two times. I think he's really come a long yeah. way in his years he in WVU. He still yeah. has the 
kind of looks like he's on ice skates when he has the basketball in his hands on the offensive end. He does some weird like. Let me ask you a question, though. Let me ask you a question. Has there been, can you think of, a WVU player in the history of your fandom that can take a charge better than he can? No, probably no. Take a charge, I don't think there is one. Like, he will go down in history as, like, the greatest, you know, defensive charge taker ever for WVU. Like I, I'd like you to he, make a plaque for him or a banner. He needs a plaque. Yeah, defensive charge taker. Defensive charge taker. Hashtag TM 2022. Uh, yeah, so that's a fun exercise, Scoot. I'm, I'm glad you did that. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. It'll be an interesting offseason to watch this WVU team. Before we go and take a break, because we're going to come back and talk about football in the second segment real quick, uh, is Kansas, guys. Just real quick, tweet came out uh, this week. Uh, a couple of people pr- have reported now that Kansas will probably get uh, some penalties put upon them before the tip-off of the Big 12 tournament or before their tip-off on the Big 12 tournament this week. Uh, Johnson, there have been some rumors flying yeah, around. Yeah, so we'll um, we'll add this to the show notes for the show, but I, I've seen it on a couple different Twitter accounts. This one is at M underscore Vernon, Mike Vernon on Twitter. He is just highlighting what we've seen on some other tweets as well, that they've there are rumors that Bill Self and Curtis Townsend, who I guess is an assistant on the staff, could take a two-year postseason ban, Scoot, and then um, – if that happens, um, they'd want to go ahead and just get that get that going. Like the this tweet, like his tweet is essentially saying Kansas doesn't want this hanging out there anymore. Get it done. If you're handing down the punishment, hand it down. Let's go get it on get it on the road. I had heard that the punishment was going to be that they were not allowed to wear Adidas apparel. That they were going to have to wear only pony, or they couldn't have Snoop Dogg. Right, no, at no their, only pony. And spot built. Uh, New Balance only. Uh, Pumas. <laughs> Pumas? Yeah. Uh, monarchs. They could, uh, <laughs> that would be – that's a punishment right there. They have to wear monarchs. <laughs> now, yes. what did you say? Spot built? <laughs> spot built. I think they make like a uh, a turf shoe for softball, for like Sunday softball leagues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Well, oh, I, man. you know, Guido, I, I'm glad you brought this up because it, to me, this kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, it, this feels like year ten, we or whatever. We've been waiting on them to do right. something about the laundry list of stuff we've heard um, about Kansas involvement in some of the stuff that's been going on. All the while watching people like Mike Boynton get penalized, you know, from postseason and tournament and everything um, for seemingly smaller things that they cooperated with. So I, I don't know. I'll believe this when I see it, I guess is what this prompts me to say. Like I'm that's fine. And, but I, I don't for one second feel like that's immediately going to come to fruition. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I don't you feel like, and I guess I'll leave it at this and then we'll take a break. Is like, don't you guys feel like though? I, I get it. Like I get for a team like Kansas playing in the NCAA tournament's a big deal. You know, they're usually there every season. They're top four team perennially. Like, when does it, when, in this kind of problem, you know, when, like, when, and the same thing with UNC, what happened with UNC is like, when do you start to lose scholarships? Like, you gotta, you gotta do some real punishment here. Like, I think postseason's one thing, but you gotta do some real punishment to, you know, make the program 
have that notch down that they are trying to make them feel like because they made this mistake. And I don't, I don't know. I just don't feel like po- postseason doesn't do anything. I think you still well, get, you know, it doesn't hurt. Look at, look hurt at Oklahoma State. Mike Boynton, was he even there when the when the problem happened? No. And, no, and he's he the there. one that gets punished. I think while right. while Bill Self and that crew is still in, in charge, they should be punished. And they should face something probably more drastic than Mike Boynton has to deal with. Um, so that's that's a frustrating thing. And I, you can't help but think it's because of who they are as to why they don't get punished the way every other place does. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, listen, guys, let's take a quick break right now. We're going to come back in segment two, talk a little bit about uh, some WVU football, a little short segment here, some WVU football and WVU uh, baseball. Neil Brown spoke this week, so we'll talk a little bit about that. And then segment three, we're bringing it back, boys. Bluff the Fluff's on for this week. Cloney did some work, so... Uh, we got all that coming up, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortech Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortechKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortech, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives. everybody welcome back to got your ears on hey listen don't forget you can find us on social media you can find us on instagram and twitter at got your ears and search for us on facebook and you can also find us individually scoot's got his own twitter account johnson's got his own twitter account uh scoot tweets up funny thing johnson puts up polls and he votes on it for himself (laughs) encourages his family uh so yeah check us out find us online look for us on social media guys uh football is you know I mean it's that time of year where we all start to get that football itch. Basketball's winding down. You know baseball's not happening this year apparently for MLB fans. Um, Neil Brown has his first offseason press conference this past week. A couple of things came out of it, Johnson, and I, I you know I don't know where you want to start. I got one that I want to start with, which is he talked about the quarterbacks. And I thought it was really interesting how he approached it. He said, you know what? We're going to see what we have this spring. Everybody's going to get reps, and we're going to let them all play. And then if that doesn't work out, then we'll go back to the transfer portal this summer. How do you make how do you, Like, what did you read into that? Yeah, well, first of all, I think I think Jake Lance, our friend um, over at Smoking Musket, kind of summed it up first of all. It's a, like the coach – I think it was Jake who said the coach speak in this – was in mid-season form. Like, <laughs> holy cow, was there right. coach speak, coach speak, coach speak through all of this. But I, I think the quarterback comment specifically had like the, like if there would have been a soundtrack in the back and you heard the like record scratch, like it would have occurred right after that quote because my takeaway was, oh, okay, you've been telling us uh, you know, you're bringing Mr. Arizona in here and you're just going to hand him the torch. You brought Graham Harrell in. It looks like he's coming in to help groom whatever this situation is. So I I don't know. It made me pause because it's like, oh, OK, well, 
are you, I think at face value, are you saying that maybe you're not convinced on any of these three guys and you might need someone to come in or is that just more, you know, you've been dealing coach speak through all this other stuff. Is this just coach speak to say, Oh, well, I'm still going to do the right thing and hold their feet to the fire and make it a competition. I I don't know. Felt weird. Well, Do you feel like, you know, uh, you're the one who's the most vocal about this, this position on on this WVU team. Uh, And so we know Jared Daigie ain't walking through the door. No, uh, you know what? As much as you what? want that, Scoot. No, yeah, right. Well, listen, I'm not the guy that wants the jersey. He was going to wear a jersey. He said. I guess what I'm it asking, wasn't, quote unquote, your boy, right? Uh, I guess that's true. He is my boy. He is, he is your is boy. boy. Uh, I guess what I'm asking, Scoot, is like, how does this, as a fan, you know, knowing that there's a quarterback competition, knowing these three names that we have between, you know, Goose and Green and Nico, like. How does it make you feel that it doesn't sound like Neil Brown has a lot of confidence in who's going to be quarterback? Well, so going back to the coach speak, he's saying a lot of stuff to keep these three guys on the hook because I think if he says, well, I'm not sold on anybody just yet, then those guys are probably looking to see, okay, well, who's still interested in me because I need to get out of here as fast as I can. But if I make if I'm Neil Brown and I make them feel like they've got a legitimate chance at being a quarterback here, I'm going to kind of say those things that I say and string them along because you don't want to have to try to find two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks all of a sudden. Um, so I wonder if in Neil Brown's mind, does he already have somebody in mind that's a transfer that um, he's just trying to go through the motions here during the spring to get to that transfer in the fall. But do you think that would work? And what I mean is we, we talked about it. I think after the bowl game <laughs> to me, I find it hard to believe if you're going to go out and get a transfer, I would think you'd want to get a guy that had more than just one season of potential playing time with you. Okay. So that's my context for that. But if that's the case, are any of these three guys we're talking about going to stay no. if they and see I, that? I So like to me that becomes a very odd right. like that's fine to say that and maybe you're saying look I don't think it's fair to Nico to just throw like I I mean I don't know right I'm just saying maybe the reason you say something like that is because in the back of your mind, Graham Harrell's thinking like, look, I love this kid, but I don't know that it's fair to just throw him out there as freshman year. Well, and you got to remember Graham Harrell didn't recruit any of these kids either. Like right. He, yeah. Right. You know, right. That's that. a good point. Yeah. That's a great point too, Guido. But I, I think like, then if you go get a guy, do you just get a guy that's a bridge guy for one year and then you keep all that other stuff in motion? If it's more than one year of eligibility, then I think you're like, you, then you get these guys thinking like, you know, especially like if you're goose, like, oh, okay, now I, now I'm definitely sitting more seasons. Like I don't know. To me, I, you start to throw that into disarray. I think that I had, I, I would much rather go into the season, me as a fan, with one of the three freshmen. Uh, well, I guess they're not freshmen, but I know what Garrett, you mean. Now. Garrett won't be a freshman yet, but I'd rather go with one of those three guys. As a fan, and I've said this all along, I would I would have rather halfway through this last season gone with either Goose or Garrett because we weren't going to win anything. We weren't going to win anything of meaningful value. 
let's get those lumps out of the way now. And if you think about it, at least get them some reps. We should have gone half a season with either Goose or Garrett, and then yeah. we wouldn't be in this situation that we're in right now. Then you wouldn't be thinking about we need to get another transfer in that's got some right. experience because or be talking about them like unknown quantities. Right. Like because you would have already if you weren't sold on Garrett Green, he should have started playing Goose Crowder the last four games of the season because we weren't what were we gonna win? We weren't gonna win anything. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Now I guess if you play him, he could have been I could could you say he would have been damaged goods because he would have played under a bad system or you know would he have developed things that aren't going to help him for the future i don't know but i would have rather have seen goose than jared daggy trotted out there yeah so i just thought that was an interesting comment johnson i guess other things he talked about was is he pretty much said i'm not going to talk about any of the guys who left and went to the transfer portal i'm not going to even he gave him he gave him the norman dale yeah i'm not going to talk about the guys that aren't on this team yeah he did it's exactly what he said yeah isn't that what norman hoosiers yeah they were they were pushing him though they specifically about chandler samato yeah um because it happened because that happened whatever the week before just a couple days before that press conference yeah, that was top of mind, but he was not really, he was not really offering anything up, and I can't, I don't think you can blame him. I mean, come on, what's he gonna say? Still, so that's such a weird. The Chandler Samato thing to me is such a weird transfer. You do it like two weeks before spring practice. You're in the middle Excuse, of the. You sounded semester. Scottish there, right there. You do it. You did. Did you, you get you it did out it? there and you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of transfer <laughs> at this time. Head. You kind of do it. But it's just very odd timing. Like, and I think I said this to you guys before. Does he continue to go to class? Does he still work out? Does he Is he already in contact with another coach? And I know we talked about him flashing the Marshall or the, no, the, the Miami um, yeah, you right. Twitter bio. Twitter right. or Instagram or something. Yeah. So – was that already a done deal? Like, is he already? In but you're right. It's weird. It's else? mid I mean, semester for one right. thing. It's just it's weird. Mid semester, yeah. really weird. So I don't know. I, I, you know, it'll be interesting. There's not much you can pull out of this press conference. I mean, WVU spring practices start March 22nd, like two weeks away. So, I mean, we'll get, we'll learn more once spring practices start. They go into those daily, or I think they do every other day. I can't remember what they did last year. Press conferences and some media gets allowed to watch some stuff. I will tell you one thing that I really like this week, guys. Tony Washington, I mean, this this new offensive staff, I think, is going to be good for the program. So Juiced, Scoot. It's, they're juiced up. I, they're getting juiced up. So juice. Tony Washington Johnson puts out a flame of a tweet this yeah, week. Yeah, I mean, this felt like Tony Washington coming out and saying, like, putting everyone on notice that he's yeah. trying to change the attitude around here. So he, he puts out a, a tweet, Scoot. Watching cutups and recruits thinking this is a great time to be a West Virginia University wide receiver. Air raid system is legit. And I, I think it's cool. I mean, that's what we need, right? If there was ever a time to try and right the ship on, we've been talking about the memes around like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air walking into the empty living room. You know, right. that was our wide receiver room, stuff like that. Um, this this was great to see. And I, you know, Tony Washington being out here saying, hey, look, I'm excited about what's to come. And, you know, that's on the heels of, of Grant Harrell coming in as well. I think I think it's cool. And I think those guys, Guido, have to feel good about that, too. Yeah, yeah Scooty. And he goes on to say, who wants to join the mafia and be a part of something special? I just it, it sounded so exciting to me, I guess. And, and it feels like Graham Harrell probably had a pretty strong um voice 
in in getting Tony Washington since it sounds like he's already kind of hitched himself to this air raid idea or at least you know some yeah. fashion of it. Um, and if you're going to coach the wide receivers, you need to sell the fact that it's going to be an air raid. Otherwise, if you're talking about some sort of ground and pound, uh, your wide receivers aren't catching the ball. So you want to try to recruit, you need to tell them, hey, we're going to be throwing the ball around, so you better be ready Scoot, to catch you'll it. You'll also be happy to know that we got some – so you know how we give – you know, we're givers. We're portal givers. We're like on the supply end of the portal. Yes. Well, we're, yes. Yeah, so we're, we're a big exporter. We export. We're a big portal <laughs> exporter. Would you say that West Virginia football is major exports <laughs> as players? Well, we got an import. <laughs> players and we got an import this week. From um, a power and, five. From a power five. Do you know who it is? Uh, yes. it's. Uh, I'm going to say his name is growth house <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, we got to make sure Tony Creedy says his name like a very angry German when he does it. Grothhaus. Yeah. Grothhaus. He's good. He's when good. he kicks, he's good. He kicks, he's good. So instead of an Austra- we've got an Australian punter and a German kicker is what you're saying. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's really German, by the way, but he's got a very German he, name. Which, interesting enough, he was a walk-on and eventually got on scholarship at Florida State. And now has parlayed that into transferring to another Power Five school, but I I believe I read something where he had twenty uh, some out of sixty kickoffs were through the end zone or something like that, which um, we could use. Let's be that honest. Would be nice to have. Uh, this past season, they might as well have had our intern Cloney kicking <laughs> the ball because that sucker was going, you know, to the twenty five at well, best. I, I think it's good news, and I like just seeing. I'm not going to lie, and this is so lame, but I'm just going to admit that I was just pumped to see an import scoot. Like, just give me something, yeah, like, I mean, and it was from a Power Five school, I, so I was happy. It's it's an odd import. I mean, it, it is not typical that you see. Hey, we're getting a our transfer is a kicker. Like you don't see that too often. I wonder what the percentage of transfers are kickers. It's got to be very low. I mean, I would think, but I, would I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. This is our second one, right? Because we got Sumter. Well, I feel like you get those in the, in the grad transfer sort of portal side of it, you know. But so that's definitely fun, guys. WVU, like I said, starts spring spring practices here in the end of March, and you know we're. Finally going to talk about something happening with the football program. See where this goes with this new offensive setup that they have. We should also, guys, talk about WVU baseball. Still off to a great season start. They're 7-4 and four overall right now, and they just – they had their home opener on Tuesday, and they just laid one on Kinesis Johnson. Yeah, I everyone got in on the act. I think Victor Scott, I linked to one of his homers um, in the show notes, but they go on to win 17-3. to three. Uh, and I think it's exciting. You know, we talked about it last week. Um, I think specifically through the first four games, now through these additional games, for a team that finished last in the Big 12 in production, man, are they off to a hot start. And I think it's really exciting for Randy Mazie's team. It's, it's, uh, it's, it feels like they've found uh, a way to score. And I know this is uh, Kinesius, but still, I mean, they parlay this. They move forward. They headed to Minnesota. Um, they won their first game 5-4 over Minnesota. Um, and I think they've been playing in, Guido, you mentioned it last week, one of the cooler baseball tournaments. It's weird. Have you seen pictures of it? It's very Well, they've weird. tried to make it into the like the old, 
the old dome, right? Yeah, it's very weird though. I don't I mean I I get it. It's kind of cool. Me personally, it doesn't feel like a great baseball fan. Like the eighties baseball like, fan in you, eighties, nineties baseball uh, fan in you. You still have the lines for the football field well, there. They cleaned that up a little bit. I mean, they at least got some of that, but yeah, you're right. And it's kinda weird because there's no dirt or fake dirt around first and second base. But I love the fact that they tried to go for like the bag, the garbage bag outfield that the Metrodome used to have in those old twin games. I like that they did that in U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis. So I thought it was fun. You know, I didn't get... Unfortunately, I was really hoping to get to watch some of those games. You had to pay for... Because it was against um, Big Ten teams. It was a Big Ten... Oh, yeah. It was a a Big Ten uh, battle of some sort that they were invited to. And so you had to pay for the Big Ten network, and I'm not going to pay for the Big Ten network to watch those. Dude, I feel like they should just go ahead and say, you know what, since you're here, just be a member of the Big Ten. I feel like that's what they should say. I mean, they could... I, uh, I mean, I would accept it. It's better than what we're in. I still don't know that I would like it, but it's I'm just better saying than I'll take in. it. Uh, yeah, if I it's on the table, I don't. I don't disagree with you. I don't think it's on the table. I don't think it's on the table. Unfortunately, either. well, WVU seven and four right now overall, and they've got uh, a game coming up against Ryder on Wednesday, March 9th. They have a game at. The Wagner Field, as we've known, that's now called Wagner Field at Mon County Ballpark. That's a 3 p.m. first pitch on Wednesday, and then they tra- or no, then they uh, they stay home for the weekend. They have a weekend series uh, coming up, uh, the 11th through the 13th, against the Buckeyes, and all of those games Wednesday and all this weekend. That's all on ESPN Plus, so you can watch WVU baseball. Not gonna lie, hard to get there if you're a fan. 3 p.m. on a Wednesday. 3 p.m. on a Wednesday is tough. That's a tough. That's, that's a, a tough, tough one. That's not going to be a packed house. They're, they're playing a six o'clock game Friday night in uh, in Morgantown. I just think they worry that it gets a little cold when the sun goes down this time of year. So uh, we'll see what happens. So uh, WVU plays has a couple more games, a couple more weeks until they uh, get into the conference. Uh, including a couple games against Marshall coming up and Youngstown State. So uh, keep your eye on WVU baseball. It's a fun watch this year. We're having a good time doing it. So we'll keep you up to date as much as we can on it. Well, listen, guys, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluff. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives, and when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio you'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. And listen, don't forget, check out our website. It is pretty gosh darn cool, Johnson. It is. You sound like Don Nealon. It is pretty gosh darn cool. Uh, you can find the latest show in blog form with all the links to the show notes and stuff that we talked about, probably some stuff we didn't even get to. Uh, you can also click through to the merch store and you can find things like our pullover guy shirt and other merch you can you can check out. And you can also hit the tune in link 
uh, right on the side of the front page and listen to the latest show. So check it all out. Yeah, check it out. GotYourEarsOn.com. It's a great place to be. Well, listen, guys, I don't know if you know this, but I know this. We have the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. There's no podcast that is a game show that is as good as ours. And this game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. Johnson and Scooty, we haven't played a lot this season so far. You know, early in the year, we kind of tend to take it easy. Uh, but now we're going to start kicking it back up. Uh, right now, you guys are tied up at one game apiece. And our intern, who we pay handsomely to write these Bluff the Fluffs, has done it yet again. He's written a Bluff the Fluffs for you guys. This one is all about the internet. Okay. All right. I mean... Scoot? I, th- I feel like Johnson's got an advantage. I know a few things about the internet, yes. Scoot knows that uh, he loves Internet Explorer as his favorite web browser. That's right. That's what he knows. <laughs> uh, I like to get on to Prodigy. And, uh, Prodigy. AOL Online. He's still, he's still uh, using that instant messenger from AOL, right, Scoot? That's right. Right. That's right. All right, as always, guys, a correct answer is worth five points. A steal is worth ten points. And final bluff is worth 25 points before during the break if you're watching on twitch you would have seen this we had a complete and total random flip of the coin and scooty got to come out first this week okay don't be so enthused excited about it as you can see i'm ready (laughs) okay scoot's ready he says all right here we go first question online auction giant ebay was founded in september of 1995 it sold this item for its very first online sale. Was it a Lisa Simpson Pez dispenser, a giant red paperclip, a broken laser pointer, or a box of Elvis plates? Hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> very interesting. Um, I'm going to say the, the Lisa Simpson Pez dispenser. That feels good. Ooh, I'm sorry, uh, Scoot, that's incorrect. Johnson, for 10 points in the steal, was it a giant red paper clip, a broken laser pointer, or a box of Elvis plates? You know, box of Elvis plates feels very garage sale eBay. I- I'm going to go with a box of Elvis plates. Ooh. Sorry, that's incorrect as well. It was a broken laser pointer was the first thing sold on eBay. Who would buy it? Who wants that? Nobody I wants mean, that. Apparently someone did. Some people think they can fix things. I don't know. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, So nobody gets any points right there. And we move on to the next question. Elwood Edwards, the man who recorded You've Got Mail, was paid for this for his infamous second and a half soundbite. How much was he paid for his infamous second and a half soundbite? Was it $200? Four thousand dollars, one thousand shares of AOL stock, or nothing. Johnson, what do you think? Oh, this is tough. Um, I'm going to say they paid him in. No, I'm not. I'm going to say he got two hundred dollars. That's the correct answer. He was paid two hundred dollars to read the phrase "You've got mail." So which... he got robbed. He totally got robbed. 
Like, how much do you think that's? I mean, I mean, that, that's, that's an iconic sound. That's an iconic soundbite. I guess, but who's gonna pay? Like, who, nobody pays for that. But I mean, I guess. I mean, right? so, he could have been. He could have done. You know, what's the name of the guy who does? Uh, Let's get ready to rumble. Like he could have. Like oh, like uh, Michael, Michael Buffer. Buffer. Right. He's the Michael Buffer of, of the, the internet. internet. Yeah, he is the Michael. Let's Buffer get of ready internet. to check your email. You've got email. <laughs> Well, but that feels like something now that could be like an NFT, doesn't it? I mean, they totally. could make that into a so Elwood, anyway. Elwood Edwards. So sorry for him. All right, Johnson. Well, congratulations, you got that right, and you take the lead five to nothing over Scoot. Scooty, this next question is to you. Snapchat, Scoot's second favorite social media platform uh, to slide into DMs on, uh, has a ghost. <laughs> this <laughs> question, Cloney <laughs> setting me up. <laughs> Has a ghost mascot, and that ghost mascot has a name. What is the name of the Snapchat ghost mascot? Is it Ghosty Ghosterson, Ghostface Chilla, G Money, or Virgil? Uh, I feel it's Ghostface Chilla. That's correct for five <laughs> points. That is the name of the Snapchat ghost mascot. I know my Snapchat. That's awesome, by the way. <laughs> I like Ghosty Ghosterson, though. Yeah. Ghosty Ghosterson's a good name. <laughs> that is a good name. And oh, Virgil. Cloney. That means Cloney just Virgil. threw Virgil in at the <laughs> Cloney end. just threw Virgil in there. Uh, all right, so correct answer there for Scoot. Ties it all up. Five, game, five points apiece. Uh, Johnson, this next one's back to you. This man, a hero for teenage boys looking to find questionable images online, is considered to be the inventor of the World Wide Web. Is it Bill Gates, Al Gore, Tim Berners-Lee, or Errol Musk? <laughs> That's Elon's dad. Uh, I believe Tim Berners-Lee started Netscape and went on from there. So I'm going to go Tim Berners-Lee. That's correct for five points. And now we know what Cloney searches for when he is on the internet. So <laughs> there we go. All right, Johnson, you uh, now have the lead 10 to 5 over Scoot. And Scooty, this next question is back to you. In 2001, the Dave Matthews Band was the first to do this. Win Scoot over on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> he waved to me. He did wave to me. Uh, was it upload a song to YouTube, release a song directly to Napster, stream a concert while online, or sell tickets through their website? Uh, I don't think it was Napster. Um, I'm going to say stream a concert through their website. <laughs> Or whatever no, that I'm was. sorry, that's incorrect. They did not stream a concert online. Uh, or Johnson, whatever I, that was. Whatever that was. <laughs> I combined says. a couple of them. That's what I did. I <laughs> All right, Johnson, combined. for uh, 10 points in this deal, was it upload a song to YouTube, release a song directly on Napster, or sell tickets through their website? I feel like um, selling tickets directly through their website is a DMB thing to do, Scoot. <laughs> sorry, Apparently that's not. also Apparently incorrect. Apparently it was not. They released a song directly to Napster oh, in 2001. Okay. All right. Very, very odd. I didn't know you could do yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know either. So that's what they did. All right. So uh, nobody gets any points. Johnson still has the lead 10 to 5 as we come in. Not that any of us here had Napster no. because that was right. illegal. No. I no. do not have a hard drive in my house that has music on it right. from my college days. Oh, or correct. several 100%. reams of uh, burned DVD 
audio yes. MP3s. Yes. No. No. Yes. That does not happen. Nope. Uh, we are very upstanding citizens right. on this podcast. Right. Correct. All right, Johnson. Last question before final bluff comes to you. You have a lead ten to five over Scooty. Uh, here you go. Ray Tomlinson sent the first email ever to himself in what year? Was it 1965, 1971, 1977, or 1983? Oh, boy. That's tough. You love these numbers questions. Yeah, I love it when we get a list of random numbers. I'm going to say he did it in 19... 1983. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Scooty, for 10 points and the steal, is it 1965, 71, or 77? Well, oddly enough, uh, I remember my freshman year in college, I had a roommate who would go over to the computer lab to check his email, (laughs) and I made fun of him. Yeah. Because I said... Who could possibly be sending you email? Nobody sends email. You must be some sort of loser. This was in 95. Uh, so this character, uh, would you say his name was Greg Lloyd? Ray, Ray Greg Lloyd. Ray Tomlinson. Where did Greg Lloyd <laughs> Ray Tomlinson. I think Greg Lloyd was a linebacker for the Steelers. He was for the Steelers. Uh, I was giving him more credit than I think he deserved. Um... I'm going to say old Tomlinson did this back in 65. Um, that's incorrect. It was that 19, was a long way to go for the wrong answer, Random number. Uh, no, it was 1971. Ray Tomlinson sent an email to himself, uh, the very first email ever sent. All right. Do you think so, he did the like, ha-ha? Like, <laughs> I got it. Was like, I got it. Look at here. <laughs> this is a test. He uh, probably sent this as a test. It's a very common yeah, test email. It's a very common test email. Scoot yes. sends them to himself all the time. Yes, Scoot is a yes. aficionado of test emails. That's right. <laughs> all right, so Johnson, you have a five-point lead, 10 to 5, going into Final Bluff. As you know, Final Bluff worth 25 points, so it's kind of a winner-take-all situation here, boys. Uh, and, uh, you know, so we do this every time we play. We ask you guys to buzz in with your own buzzers. Scooty, what do you got for a buzzer this week? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to say sticky keys. <laughs> sticky keys? Yeah, when you hit the buttons too many times in a row, it, yeah, you, you get some sort of beep that and get sticky, oh, sticky that's keys. What that is. Oh, okay. okay. I was thinking something yep. else. All right. Yep. Johnson, what do you have for a buzzer this week? Ghosty Ghosterson. Ghosty Ghosterson. All right. The name we wish the Snapchat ghost was named. All right, here we go. Final bluff. In 2001, this sporting event used a video player called Real Video as the first live streaming sporting event online in the United States. What event was it? Was it the Ohio State Spring Football Game, the Pac-12 Swimming and Diving Finals, Professional Bowling, or the NFL Draft? Sticky keys? (laughs) Are they... Question mark. All right, Scoot buzzes in kind of first. Uh, live sporting event 2001. I'm going to say the NFL draft. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson, for 25 points and the win, was it the Ohio State spring football game, Pac-12 swimming and diving finals, or professional bowling? 
Scoot, this feels like a West Coast being in the vanguard type of thing, so I'm going to say this uh, Pac-12 swimming and diving finals. Sorry, that's incorrect. But Johnson, you still win 10-5 to 5 in a burner of a game this week, boys. Uh, Ohio State spring football game. What? First ever streamed uh, sporting event online. I did not States. know that. Scoot, yeah. apparently a lot of the internet we are we don't know about. Not, I don't know a lot about it. <laughs> I, I struggle with my DNS right? most of the yes, time. Yes, your DNS. You're you have a problem with you got your net yeah. is always either opened or closed. Right. You can't figure it out. That's right. Uh, yeah, this might be the worst lowest scoring uh, bluff the fluffs ever, where we went ten to five in this bluff the fluffs. Yeah, but I won, so who cares? Johnson uh. wins, takes the lead for the season, <laughs> two games to one. Scooty, there's a lot of year left. You're not too concerned. Yeah, I mean, I'll let Johnson have his port forwarding and and all that. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, listen, we're going to wrap it up this week. Uh, don't forget there's a lot of WVU sporting events happening next week, uh, including probably the biggest one. WVU plays the playing game for the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City against Kansas State. That's Wednesday night on ESPNU at 7 p.m., so make sure you tune in and watch that game, including some WVU baseball next week, though, also online so check that out and listen look for us online you can find us on instagram and twitter at got your ears you can also find us online on our website got your ears we'll be back next week with another show thanks for listening everybody you've been listening to got your ears on